Hello everyone and welcome back to East Coast Haunts. I'm MK. And I'm Sam. And we are bringing you a very special Valentine's Day episode. It's all about love and romance today. And some spooky haunts. And of course some spooky haunts. Because what's more romantic than some spooky haunts some uh dinner perhaps and maybe some a ghostly apparition joining you mm, now that sounds like you know a v-day to remember i agree mary kate today we are talking about one if by land two if by sea which is a restaurant in new york city i am so excited we've had this literally on the list of episodes to do since, since we, we started, started the podcast. Yeah. yeah. And then the other week, Mary Kate was like, hey, Valentine's Day is coming up. Let's do it for Valentine's Day. And do you know why we're doing this for Valentine's Day? Because it is actually known as, A, the most romantic restaurant in New York City, and B, it was voted the fifth most romantic restaurant in the world. I wonder, like, what makes a restaurant romantic? Well, all I know is that Architectural Digest was the one that named it. Okay, makes but sense. But I think that I think that like the architecture probably has to do with it. Yeah, probably. But I mean, I'm shocked that like, I mean, I'm sure that this place is beautiful from the pictures I've seen. But like, I gotta think that like the most romantic ones, I would think they would all be in like Italy or France yeah. or like some sort of Where European. You watch the sunset together. Exactly. Yeah. But this one, I mean, it's very well known. There are tons of engagements here. Tons of people get married Aww. here. It's a yeah, huge, isn't it like yeah. isn't the it's the most proposed yes. to place like in, in New, New York, York City? That's yeah. crazy. Which is I know, especially because I'm like I feel like Times Square is probably the most. That's such like a picturesque like yeah, with like the freaking Elsa in the background. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like I could see Times Square being like an okay place to be. It, I bet the pictures to. could be really good if you get them done right. If you get them done right, and if the pedestrians don't mess them yes, up. Yes, that's right? true. But you know what? If you get a good enough photographer, I feel like the pedestrians wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever seen the video of the couple that got engaged in Philadelphia, and they're like in front of City Hall, and they've literally stopped traffic so that they can get like the perfect picture <gasps> of him down on one knee, and her like gasping or yeah. whatever, reacting in front of City Hall. And literally, like, a homeless guy, like, reels his, like, cart right in front of them. And then the traffic, like, starts to move again. No. It is so brutal. Like, it's it's just, like... It's <laughs> brutal, but also that will... So brutal. That will, that will <laughs> stick with them more than any, like, Oh, you're so right. Ever you're so... If, if I were them, I would absolutely get that printed out. That's... Is this a TikTok? Yeah. Or, no, actually, I think it was viral on Instagram That's a while so back. That's so funny. Listen, there's... I don't know. Proposals and stuff, like... If it's super public, like you, I feel like you have to be prepared. It's part of the it's part of the package deal. If you do that, there was also the video of like, um, someone got proposed to. At, I want to say like a hockey game, and she stood up so fast that she hit the guy behind her drink out of his hand and spilled like blue slushy or something oh all my over God. herself. That's oh, so sad. Could you imagine? And that's like, because, like, it's really no one's fault. Like, I don't, I couldn't no. be that slushy guy. No, it is, like, no one's fault in either of those two scenarios. Like, the other guy who, who walked in front of the couple in Philadelphia, he's just going about his, like, yeah, daily life. Like, and also, you can't expect to stop traffic. Stop, like, literally stop, stop their lives. A city, like, a day in a city. He had places to be, yeah, but... 
at least they make for, I guess, memorable photos. I guess so. You know what? At least it's a good story, right? It is, if nothing else. Exactly, because here we are, two strangers talking about their proposal. Exactly. But anyway, um, yeah, so one if by land, two if by sea. Long name for a restaurant. Yes. It's super popular. It's um, obviously, like we said, it's in New York City. Um, One of the most romantic places in the world, allegedly. And they serve upscale American cuisine. What is like, like, what is upscale American? So I'm thinking of American. You're thinking burgers. I'm literally thinking burgers. Even like pizza, right? Yes. Upscale American is basically just, uh, think, I know, a steak. Okay. A, a nice, a nice pasta, a nice seafood dish. Um, so th- like they've got a lot of seafood on the menu. They've got those classic like beef Wellington type. Deals. Okay, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, it currently sits at four point two stars on Google reviews, Ooh. and it has almost a thousand reviews. Wow, which I just thought was interesting. So it's pretty well rated. Yeah. Um, the Google restaurant profile has four dollar signs. So you know this place is expensive it's bougie. and bougie. Exactly. That's I literally wrote bougie. That's so, funny. <laughs> so you know, before we get into the history, which I promise we'll get into in a second, but we have to look through the menu. Obviously. Because this is what I was hoping. <laughs> you and I, before we go out, I know there's like the the stereotype, like I always look at the menu before we go out, but like you have to. Always. It's so fun. I will not ever go to a restaurant without having looked at the menu online first. Multiple times. Multiple times. I know what I'm getting at a restaurant before I even step foot on the premises. Yes. And that's how it should I be. I hope that's not like a, a hot take. It's, I think it used to be. I think like it used to be, but now that you can get menus online everywhere, it's like, why would you not come prepared? Why would you not? Right? right? I know what I'm getting to. When I'm telling you, like when we went to Universal, Sam and I oh, sat yeah. down here and literally looked at the menu for every single place that, <laughs> that my family and I would be eating. And I had my drink my entree and like an appetizer picked, picked out, out. For every meal and then you were able to follow through i was and you know what i enjoyed it so much more than if i yeah. was there and like under the time pressure because if i don't look up yeah. a menu it is always a split second decision for yes. me yes and then you're like what's the, my vibe going to be like if you go in being like i really want that lobster mac and cheese like you're going to get the lobster And you're not going to be disappointed. Exactly. Because you've had your mindset on it for so long. Exactly. I'm glad we're on the same page. I know. I, I bet a lot of people are probably on the same page with us. Let us know where you stand on this. Yes, please. Yeah, if we're weird, just tell us. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we got to look at their menu. Mary-Kate, yes. I'm going to tell you that right now on the, on the website, website, there are three options. There's a four-course chef-tasting menu. There's a seven-course chef-tasting menu. And then there's a third limited time option because it's their five-course Valentine's Day tasting menu. Ooh! Valentine's Day menu? That's so fun. I know. Isn't that so fun? Yes. So, uh... Which one are we looking at? Let's go to the four-course chef tasting menu because personally that's what I would go with. Okay. Not only because it's the cheapest, but it looks like you really get to pick out what each of your courses is going to be on that one. Whereas with the seven courses, it's like prefix, like you have to, there's only one option and that's what you have to get. Okay. Um, I've okay. got it up and I'm ready to So first to go. of all, I mean, let's start by discussing, it is $150 per person. But it's four courses. It is. And I think and it's like one of those like, delicious. One, like once in a lifetime, like super fancy and it's you have the money to burn. Like I would the do menu. Hawthorne. Yes. If you haven't, menu. if you haven't seen that movie, please go watch it. It is. Excellent. It's so good. It's amazing. 
So, okay, first course, what would you get? I think I would pick the Colossal Crab. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you would pick, <laughs> yes, too? I, I would also get the Colossal Crab, 100%. <gasps> you can supplement Golden Ocetra os- os- caviar. caviar for 100 extra dollars. Yeah, see? Just a hundred extra dollars. Crazy. Or you can get caviar service for $155. Oh, easy. Ooh, you can get a daily selection of oysters for $5 each. I am an oyster gal through and through. I really am. I know you are. It's funny that we were just talking about um, we literally shellfish were yesterday. We were just yeah, I like oysters too. I do like oysters. Ooh, so, all right. Second course. Okay. Oh, I'm going to have a hard time picking here because they have like two of my favorite things on this menu. Okay. Do you know what you would get? Yes. I'm going to get the butternut squash risotto. Interesting. That would have been my third choice. Okay. Ooh, way down there. You're <laughs> no, going to no, either pick the... Each of these courses has like seven options. Yeah. Um, I would either pick the Italian burrata. Yeah. I love burrata, first of all. So I'd probably go with that. But the other one that piques my interest is the cavatelli pasta with the wild mushroom truffle sauce. That was my second choice. I'm a big, I love truffle. Truffle is amazing. Call me a truffle pig. I am. Because I just sent out these, <laughs> these hoes. Please stop. <laughs> okay, anyway, Ooh. third course. Oh, stop it. This looks so good. <gasps> my mouth is watering. And I, like, just ate dinner, and yet... I know, me too. I'm not hungry, but looking at this is making me hungry. Alright, do you know what you would get? I'm gonna have to get that pan-roasted monkfish. Interesting. Like, Yummy. rosemary smoked to me- t- tomato coolie. Like, that just sounds really good. Yeah, with shiitake mushrooms yeah. and leeks fondue. Yum. Um, for some reason... Okay, I, I know I'm, I picked two the last time, but there's two that are really, like... It's okay. Speak your truth. I've never had beef wellington, so the individual beef wellington is kind of calling Call my name. name. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, like, Gordon Ramsay's, like, specialty, right? It is, right? definitely, yeah. yeah. And then, also the roasted organic chicken with the pilaf and the shishito peppers... I love shishito peppers. I think they're delicious. Isn't it like one in ten shishito peppers? It's like super, super spicy, hot. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, those are. I don't think you can honestly go wrong with this menu. It looks like it's very well done. If you go to the website and you look at pictures of the food, it's like art. It's awesome. I thought this was a four course menu. Where is the? It is. I, I'm assuming that the desserts like rotate because they have oh, their own probably. pastry chef and stuff. So it's probably you know depending on the night. Very true. Very true. So. Not sure, but anyway, so that's your uh, four-course chef tasting menu. It's going to set you back $150. The seven-course menu is $200, but an extra of $125 per person if you want to get the wines to go with it. And then the third option, which is that uh, five-course Valentine's Day menu, is $295 per person. Easy. So you can tell this place is is very fancy, very fine dining. Um Ooh, the dessert, sorry, not to cut you off. The dessert is shown on the seven-course menu as a chocolate souffle. Ooh. Which, I've never had a souffle. I I was going to say, I don't think I've had a souffle. But Mama would be down to try. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what if I land, too, if I see, if you guys want to sponsor us. 
We're, Keep donating to that Patreon. Yeah, we're actually giving them like a very good uh, shout out right now. I know. We should get them to sponsor us. I know. We just spent like the first 15 minutes talking about Literally their menu. Literally what we would eat. Ooh, with the Valentine's Day menu, you can get a Maine lobster and a raspberry and chocolate pavlova. Well, for $300, you should get... I don't know. I was just trying to think of something. <laughs> Pavlova. So do you want to tell us about the history of this? Yes, let me get into the history. establishment. Okay, so as if the food and the ambiance isn't good enough, the history of this place is really cool. I think that anyone who knows even a tiny, tiny bit about American history is going to find this really interesting. I think... You might also find it interesting if you're a fan of one Broadway musical in, in particular. Exactly. Yeah. This is true. I thought you didn't know anything about it. Well. Liar. He, he might come into play later. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so let's get into it. One if by land, two if by sea was originally a carriage house and a barn. A uh, carriage house, I'm assuming, is where they stored carriages and horses. Yes. Uh, a very popular and controversial figure in American history actually kept his coach and his horses here. This person, we give you a little hint with that musical, was none other than Aaron Burr. Your pitying servant. A dopper. He used the carriage house in the 19... 19- I like how we just glossed over that. <laughs> he used the carriage house in the 1790s when he served as New York's attorney general. Ooh, back when he was in good standing with the U.S. and all. So, as we know, Burr killed Hamilton in a duel. Alexander Hamilton. I guess I shouldn't assume that everyone knows. But well, I mean, I feel like most Hamilton, people, yeah. yeah. Most, okay. like a $10 bill. You should know yes. him. So, Burr killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel on July 11th, 1804. And very quickly after that, Burr lost all the respect and popularity with the American people. You know, there's that line that's like, now I'm the villain in your history book or whatever, <laughs> right? So he really does become like the villain. No one likes him anymore. He lost most of his New York property at that time, including the carriage house on 17 Barrow Street, which would eventually become one if by land, two if by sea. So this was Aaron Burr's carriage house for a while, but then he played around and he found out and he lost <laughs> it. So there's also a little bit of mystery in this building, not haunted wise, but just architecture wise. Mm. I'm gonna read you I'm gonna read you a direct quote from one of my land, two of by C's website, just because I think they explained it really well. Okay. Quote There is a lingering mystery about this building involving a tunnel cut straight line cut in a straight line from Hudson Street, formerly the shore of the river. It is barrel vaulted and has the look of similar passageways of 18th century military construction. It is entirely stone lined, brick roofed, and appears to be of the very same brick and stone as the carriage house and barn. Was the tunnel built to smuggle contraband from the shore? Was the tunnel used during the Revolutionary War? The tunnel was almost certainly used later by the Underground Railway for fugitive slaves to get the ca- to get to the carriage house as one stop on the road to Canada and freedom. Sorry, it took a while to get that sentence out. Okay. But who built them? End quote. So basically there's this mysterious tunnel in the carriage house. And it looks like it was, I mean, it's made of the exact same materials as the carriage house. So it's, it was probably built 
when the carriage house was built, but no one really knows why it's there. They think maybe it was used to smuggle contraband, uh, but it was also definitely used in, well, almost definitely used in the um, Underground Railroad, which is interesting because this is the second place. Isn't it the third, actually? Yeah, you're right. Because yeah, was the it third um, in a row? Yeah. The Lums Pond, Betsy Ross, and now... Three in a row. That's wow. so funny. Interesting. Yeah. So it was definitely most probably used in the Underground Railroad, but they don't really know the original reason that it was made, so it's kind of fun and mysterious. Well, Burr was a sketchy guy. He was like... What makes you say that? He had that whole Burr conspiracy during his... Burr conspiracy? I mean, I've prefaced this so many times on this show, but I'm not a history major. I just remember I was in AP US history. As was I. But he was uh, indicted for treason. He was? Yeah, during his reign as... I must have missed that Vice president. I don't know what for. I think it had something to do with Mexico. Really? Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't because he killed Hamilton? When I'm he was pretty pres- sure. When he was vice president. Yeah. Interesting. I I know like the Burr conspiracy is actually like something with Mexico. Well, they were they did say they were maybe he was like helping to smuggle the contraband. Perhaps. Are we starting a new conspiracy theory? Maybe conspiracy theory. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. What History that buffs write in. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, that's super interesting, right? Yes. So, um, you know, it was a carriage house for a while. Later, after it left the hands of Aaron Burr, it became, well, it stayed as a carriage house, but eventually a firehouse was built right next door to the carriage house, and the carriage house then became a stable and an engine house, which I'm assuming was, like, for fire engines. Yeah, for yeah. fire trucks. Um, and firemen also lived in the rooms above the carriage house for a while, which is kind of fun. That's pretty neat. Uh, and I was, I was wondering, I mean, I guess you'll see, you'll say, but I was like, maybe that could be a haunt i don't know perhaps we'll see perhaps. um also kind of funny um apparently hogs used to roam the streets especially around the carriage house what? and they were banned hogs pigs were banned from like the streets of new york at some point in the 1800s because of the cholera pandemic and i just thought that was so funny like how are you gonna ban a pig but I- i'm just well first of all i'm just so confused because i'm envisioning basically modern day New York but with like cobblestone streets instead of asphalt and just like walking down Broadway and seeing like a pig and they would just like and they would just walk around because they had like vegetable carts and stuff and I guess the pigs would like be trying to get in there who owned these pigs? the state (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah but then they're gonna go how do you ban a pig? that's what I'm saying I don't know maybe they turn him into bacon or something (laughs) I just thought that was so funny I was like they banned pigs from going near the carriage house anyway now at one if by land two if by sea pork wellington (laughs) (laughs) that's a full circle moment it's on the new valentine's day menu (laughs) so yeah no more pigs except in the kitchen so (laughs) then in the late 1890s the carriage house was sold and the new owner actually turned it into a house of ill repute which i can only assume means a brothel ill repute yeah Yeah, i did read something that there was there was a the the building had like a sketchy house okay sketchy past so uh it was a building of ill repute for a while you know it happens um and then about 20 years later in the early 1910s 
Um, it became a silent movie house. Ooh, interesting. Kind of fun, right? Yeah. Uh, and then as the 1900s continued on, it became a restaurant, it became a bar, it became another restaurant, it became another bar. You know, the restaurant industry is fleeting. Yes. So it would change. <laughs> Ever-changing. Ever-changing. Uh, and then finally, in 1970, it was purchased by the current owners who spent a couple of years restoring it. And adding, like, authentic little New York touches to it, like antiques. They found, like, coins. Um, They found, uh, like, bottles. Like, all that kind of, like, I would love to visit this place. Like, really? We should. We should. If if only there was, like, an appetizer menu. Yeah. Or just, like, a bar to go sit at. There might be. There might be. We'll look into it. Um, And now, of course. cocktails. Yes. (laughs) Like, $50 cocktails. (laughs) Um, But now it's known as One If I Land, Two If I See. And it's got that old-timey charm of yesteryear, and it's got, like, the antiques. It's really cool looking. Yeah. So, before we end the history, I just wanted to say, I wanted to give, the, I guess, the reason behind the name. I was um, wondering if you were going to get into this. Yes, and yes. So, it's named after a line in a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. That's a very old-fashioned name. Yes. Um, and his poem was called The Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. And obviously it is about the midnight <laughs> ride of Paul Revere. <laughs> and at one point it says, uh, Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man now is alive who remembers that famous day and year. He said to his friend, If the British march by land or sea from the town tonight, Hang a lantern aloft in the belfry arch of the North Church Tower as a signal light. One if by land, two if by sea. Roll credits. One if by land, two if by sea. And I on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and spread the alarm through every Middlesex village and farm for the country folk to be up and to arm. Wow. So it's, I guess, about, you know, thank you. This little slam poetry moment. So, uh, it's named after that little line where he's like, I'm going to use the North Church Tower. And I guess if the British are coming by land, they're going to put one light up. And if they're coming yes. by sea, they're going to put two up. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, this is so stupid, but, um, do you know what that poem will, I like, will forever remind me of? I can't hear that poem without thinking of this. Um... It's a movie. No, it's a movie. And it was a very popular meme a while back. There's a part in um, National Treasure with Nicolas Cage where they're, like, down underneath, like, I don't even know, Philadelphia maybe, and they're, like... Or like Washington the sewers DC, of Philadelphia. <laughs> like literally, and like the bad guys are, are about to lock Nicolas Cage and his like little girlfriend and Riley, who's like the comedic relief. Yeah, and Nicolas Cage's father down Whoa. like underneath in the cities, and the dad is like, "Wait a second! Wait a second! Like the lantern hanging there is another clue to like the treasure of the Freemasons," and he's like, "It's a reference to Paul Revere's ride." Bro, it's it's, it's, and it's not. <laughs> like, so he tricks the bad guy, and then they get arrested at the north north church. 
I've never seen that movie. Oh, you've never seen it? No. <gasps> Nicholas Cage so has good. Such a out. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but there's like the famous scene from that movie where he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal <laughs> the Declaration of Independence. That's the only thing I know about it, and now I know, I guess the the Paul Revere part. <laughs> you could say it's a very haunting <gasps> scene. What makes you say that? It's just like it sticks with you. No, like what makes you say that was like my. Uh, Segue. Yeah, for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> by going off of that, now taking advantage of that. Yes. Um, I'm going to start us off with a quote from New York Ghosts website. And it says, quote, no one ever dines alone at one if by land, two if by sea. Ooh. Creepy, right? I like that. Yes. So there are several ghosts that set, are said to inhabit the old carriage house. All right. And they target both staff members and diners. Okay. So you know what? If you're sitting here and you're thinking $150 is a little bit steep, even for four courses. Yes. You get dinner and a show. You're so right. And you know what? I would pay $150 for like a ghost tour. Yeah. And this one just comes with four free courses of like very yeah. highly rated food. If you think about it like that, it's Listen. kind of a steal. There's a one famous story from the restaurant mm-hmm. where a maitre d quit because she was constantly shoved up and down a staircase Ooh. in like the back of the restaurant, I think. Um, but there was no one there when she would look back. What did she do to that ghost to piss him off? Well, it's going to actually come back into play. In okay. So Roseanne Martino, who's the manager of the restaurant, mm-hmm. has reported some general haunts. So like, you know, the classics. Flickering lights, which mm-hmm. I'm sure, like, the lighting is already dim in there to begin with. Like, right. romantic mood lighting. But then we also have to deal with disembodied shoves. Oh. Right? So people just be tripping all over themselves. Women who are sitting at the bar. Okay, so there is a bar. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Um, we could be those women We could be those women. <laughs> <laughs> they report their earrings going missing. Oh. And they just, like, vanish. Like, oh, that's very They're freaky. nowhere to be found. So I guess you could say, like, pickpockets. Yeah. But you're, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that's going to make you think. Okay. Um, portraits were, will either just, like, straight up vanish. Like, like off portraits the wall. On the wall. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Or they'll fall off. Mm. So if you are part of the restaurant staff, how do you stop these weird happenings? What do you do? What would I do? Yeah. I would take some sage and I would sage the place. See, very smart. Very Thank smart you. call. No, uh, so the restaurant staff will actually offer to treat them to dinner and they'll like set out a little beef wellington for them. I love that. <laughs> Which is so cute to me. But then they were encouraged by paranormal experts to actually like give them space. Okay. If things start happening. Which I think is very respectful. Yeah. Because seeing, like, a modern restaurant in what used to be your carriage house... It's probably so confusing. It's probably so disconcerting, Yeah. You know? And then we actually have some specific haunts, too. Okay. So, you said it was a silent movie house at one point. Yes, ma'am. Um, there was a Ziegfeld Follies girl, <gasps> which I know we talked about a little bit in our Broadway episode, but the Follies were a series of theater productions, mm-hmm. and she is thought to haunt the Constitution Room... And sometimes she'll quote unquote treat a small audience to a dance performance. So I'm not really sure what that means because I don't think that these people are sitting down 
watching watching a full-on apparition like do a dance yeah because i feel like that would have to be documented somewhere yes but <laughs> maybe they hear her like tapping or something or like, yeah you know get Coming little glimpses of her yeah. yeah but the staff light a candle in her memory just to keep her little spirit that's alive, really sweet which is very sweet of them the staff seems really nice yeah i like the staff and here. respectful exactly um the blacksmith there's a blacksmith spirit there. Okay. He doesn't really do much. He just haunts the stairways and the upper stories. Okay. And people think that it was possibly an old residence of his. So maybe he wasn't a blacksmith. Maybe he was part of the fire. Yeah. He definitely could be. He could have been. Um, then there is one spirit known as the woman in black. Uh, there's which... always got to be a woman in black or white or gray. <laughs> yeah. More than the neutrals. <laughs> um... That reminds me of the horror movie with Daniel Radcliffe. Yes! Yeah. Um, she frequently appears as an apparition throughout the restaurant, so people see her more so than, like, have interactions with her. Uh-huh. But she is thought to have fallen down the staircase and broken her neck. <gasps> that's During really the sad. time when it was probably a brothel. Oh, that's really sad. Which is very sad. And this is the same staircase that people feel shoves on. It's the one that the maitre d' quit. Oh, after being shoved up and down. So I was wondering, like, maybe she could have been... I don't want to speculate, but maybe she shoves people because she was shoved? Yeah. You know? Or maybe what if she died because she was shoved by a spirit? You know what I mean? Ooh, interesting. Like, if the shoving has been happening since, like, and that was, like, her cause of death? Yes. No, but you're right. Interesting. And then, of course, two famous, famous haunts are Aaron Burr and his daughter, Theodosia. Theodosia. <laughs> so, like you said, Aaron Burr was the third vice president of the U.S., and he is perhaps best known for killing Alexander Hunt. Yeah, what a legacy. In 1804, he is known for full apparitions, like, in the entrance to the restaurant, and sometimes people will see, like, his portrait on the wall, and they'll be like, hey, like, that looks like the guy, yeah, who's standing in the entrance. Are you, first, it's funny because I'm picturing, like, Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, me as, too. As, like, an me apparition, too. even though I know it's this, like, scrawny, like, yeah. like old guy in a powdered wig. Have you a wig. picture of him? Yeah, he was not attractive. Yeah, we'll put a picture of yeah. him up on the Don't on worry. The um, he's also known for having a little bit of a temper, and he, one of his, like, best-known haunts, I guess, uh-huh. is throwing plates against a wall and shattering <gasps> them. Aaron! Which is a little, first of all, dangerous. Second of all, very temperamental. Yeah. And third, so wasteful because you know that this restaurant is like nice china. Yeah. Old timey china. This is coming out of the paycheck of the waiters. Like, come on. Exactly. Come on. A dot burr. But then his daughter, Theodosia, was. I have a little bit of a background on her. Yeah, let me hear. She died young, right? Yes. She was living down in Charleston, South Carolina, when she was a young lady. And she was, like, off doing her own independent thing. And then she decided that she missed her dad and she wanted to come up and visit him. So she got on a ship in 1813 and it never arrived. Oh, that's so sad. Which is, it's, like, very, very sad. So it's either have thought to have sunk in a deadly storm... Or was overtaken by Thaddeus Boncourt, who was a bloodthirsty pirate. Thaddeus Boncourt. I, that, all I'm saying is I don't think I would let anyone with that name tell me what to do. <laughs> Thaddeus. <laughs> Thaddeus. <laughs> Thaddeus Boncourt. Um, and 
unfortunately, they think that he probably made her walk the plank. Oh, that's really sad. I know, isn't it? What a rough way to die. Yeah. Um, but Aaron Berth used to believe that she was killed by pirates, and he went into mourning. Aww. Her mother, who was also named Theodosia, um, had already passed, so Aaron remarried someone else named Eliza, which I thought was kind of funny, because that oh, was that's... Hamilton's wife's yeah. name. Yeah. But they separated four months into their marriage. Scandalous for the time. I know. Um, And then Burr had a stroke in 1834 and died in 1836. But they're said to walk around the restaurant together. So they have been reunited in death. Yeah, that's actually a really sweet, cute haunt. I don't know why he has to throw the plates, but whatever. I guess he was angry at some point. I have no no idea. You know what? If I was a ghost, I'd probably throw a few plates. And someone, like, took over my carriage house. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably throw a few plates. But also, it'd be really fun to be a ghost in a restaurant. Yeah, Unless you couldn't eat. Then it would kind of suck. Yeah, Yeah, because, like, not to reference Harry Potter for, like, another episode. (laughs) Because I feel like I talk about it all the time. But nearly headless nick when he's like at the feast and he's like yeah this would be fun but i literally haven't yeah. eaten in like 300 years no thank you yeah that would be depressing give me beef wellington or give me not death because i'm already oh. dead give me uh saging <laughs> yeah Sage exactly yeah <laughs> but anyway one last little note is that Theodosia is thought to be the one who steals the earrings from the <gasps> ladies at the bar. Theodosia! Queen! But she was just like a little, she was like a young lady. Yeah, she's just, maybe she's just trying to be, like she's a trying collection. to keep up with the fashion. Even though they the were times. definitely like very rich, the burrs. Probably. So like, yeah. Shady, but whatever, girl. But whatever. You do you. All in all, this is definitely a haunt that I would like to go We explore. And this is the type of thing, like, personally, if like $150, like, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. It is. But if I saved up and I, like, specifically put, like, a certain amount of my paycheck... Yeah. ...per month to this, like, I would... We should totally We should this. go. We should go check out some of the haunted Broadway theaters... Yes. ...and then go to a nice little... That would be... ...one if by land, two if by sea. That is the perfect New York City trip. I'm so excited. Let's it, make this happen. Yes. Okay, let's. Maybe we can use some of our Patreon cash. Perhaps. We're thinking about doing maybe another investigation soon. So So stay tuned for that. Absolutely. We got some big things coming. Yes. This was a very fun haunt. I I loved this. I hope everyone has a happy Valentine's Day. Yes. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day. Yes, exactly. Happy Brolentine's Day, if that's what you're... Brolentine's Day! That's what we... That's um, a sin. I was literally up at my boyfriend's last weekend, and I like left for a night so that I could do Galentine's Day. And he was like, "Oh yeah, like you guys go have your Galentine's Day." I was like, "What are you guys gonna do? Have a Brolentine's Day?" And they didn't. And I was like, "That's such a missed opportunity." The name Brolentine's is actually the funniest. A Galent. I guess Galentine's Day goes better. No, but Brolentine is so much funnier. Because bro is like bro is like low key gender neutral. And so also, it's it, like, just, like, it doesn't go like with it, it's not even like a rhyme, which is so funny. Doodlentine's <laughs> Day. Doodlentine's. Friendlentine's. Whatever. Whatever day you're whatever celebrating. You celebrating. <laughs> or just have fun with like the pink and the chocolate and the hearts. Yeah. Like, it's a fun holiday. Whether you're single or you are in a relationship. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Or you're just doing your own little thing. Um, fun little tip. Yeah. If you're not celebrating Valentine's Day and you need something to look forward to, 
chocolates are discounted day after. I was so curious so, what you were going to say. I was like, what is you can Treat true. yourself. Go buy yourself a nice little bouquet of discounted flowers. Yes. Or the real thing. Or, yeah, you or deserve it. Full, full Top shelf. <laughs> um, I really want to try those um, new Valentine's Day. I think they're Twix bars, but they have like cookie dough inside. Oh my god. I keep seeing them at Acme. Yum. Just saying. So it's I will be buying a- myself those on the 15th. <laughs> not quite a four course meal, but you know what? Chocolate souffle. We'll get, it gets the job. Yeah, it, exactly. Gets you your sweet fix. Well. Now I'm hungry, so let's go fix up a little midnight snack. Oh. <laughs> Even though it's like 8 p.m. <laughs> yeah, but it feels late. It feels late, doesn't it? A little midnight snack. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch up with you soon. Yeah, see you guys soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.